part two. Welcome back, boy. All right. Let's do it. I got a question. So we uh, we uh, closed it out on, do you remember what we talked about when we closed it out part one? I mean, it was so long ago. I, don't, I know. Yeah. It was last week, right? Yeah, we have to refresh my memory. Um, I don't know. It was just so expansive. It was just so informative. Yeah. it's uh, it. We, we touched on a lot of uh, different subjects. But not, number one thing is, you know, um, what I want to know is um, what's as far as owner-operators buying trucks, because we talked about, you know, um, preparedness and specs and how owner-operators come prepared whether they do or not because that's what i would like to see more is yeah. guys well, and how it's so much more important for them to be prepared because yeah. they need it they yeah need it. and what so ultimately the summary was yeah well you see that right and across the industry you think owners do majority know what they're buying and what the or is it is it minority still I, I I gotta say it's probably 60 40 60 that that really have a good grasp on it but the you know 40 percent there's a lot to it I mean if you're not you know really in tune to what you're doing and mechanical a little yeah. bit yeah you know you could tell somebody a gear ratio and all these other specs all day long it's just numbers and dots you know so yeah there's not I, you know and, and maybe i might have to recant that 60 40 number it might be more 50 50 and someone who really realizes you know it's revolutions per turn and, da, 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 and you know it's it, it's just not yeah it's not something i think a lot of owner ops know and i think the bigger fleets they have someone that kind of crunches numbers that's you know on the mechanical end of it and going yeah hey it's this is where we're at this is the ratio we need for what we're hauling like schneider and everybody else they run a certain ratio that not many other people do and, you know, when we do very rarely have a U Schneider, people go, well, I don't want a Schneider. I said, they got somebody that they probably pay, you know, a freaking million dollars a year to say, this is how we need to spec our trucks yeah. to make them the best exactly. fuel mileage. And I tell a lot of owner operators that because they, they're the ones that really get hung up on, I want 500 horsepower, 550 horsepower, big horsepower, big horsepower. Well, mm -hmm. where are you running? I'm running the Midwest. Well, what do you need yeah. 500 horsepower for? Yeah. I go, trust me, this truck came out of a fleet of, you know, three or 400 trucks. They have tested trucks. They have tried this ratio that ratio this gearing this transmission they've put in more money than you would want to spend in research to see what's going to work best for them i go leave it and especially with the gliders because the factory engines are set at like 435 and everybody's i don't want that turn yeah. you know, let's turn it up to 470 max why i said we'll do this go drive pull some loads calculate your fuel mileage see how your power is if you don't like it then turn it up but i guarantee you're going to be happy and almost every single one of those customers come back oh, hey it's perfect yeah, it, 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 yeah. But, but why do you think they do it because i've i seen you know buying trucks owner buying a truck to show off and i always say just just buy it for yourself buy it mm. for the operation that you're doing and not because your cousin's are excited that you have a 500 <laughs> horsepower truck <laughs> right, right? Yeah. 650 covens let's yeah. roll yeah and it's just like what, what are you yeah do that if you're geeking out and you can work on it by yourself yeah hell yeah but just to show it off you know yeah no just to show it off and you know back to it's hey it's a business man your fuel mileage is yeah. important i mean yeah. it, you're talking a two miles a gallon or something like that mile and a half a gallon that's significant it is, yeah. you know and the better fuel mileage you get the harder it is to improve it you right. know so if you're going from, yeah, I'm not going to get into that, but if you're buying a truck that's going to give you four and a half, five versus a 12.7 Detroit uh, that's going to be in the sixes, that's a significant mm -hmm. amount of cash in your pocket when you're, when you're you know, uh, oh, yeah. running Midwest flat or I'm not talking about hills. But is there anything that 
surprises you that surprised you being in truck sales that you've you've seen either fleet buying or owners buying what is what is something that you know probably that i mean i don't know if i could really be surprised by much in the industry but i i think maybe the volatility on the, on the fleet side of these smaller fleets and you know you know hey we're gung-ho and we have approvals we're ready to go and it's like ah eh, i don't need the truck right now and never mind i'm not buying it so you know kind of the volatility of those guys and then you know, with the owner operators, I mean, probably probably the fifty percent that aren't as prepared as you'd like them to be to come in and, and score a deal. Um, that that maybe surprises me the most out of anything on how people will call and say, "I want a Freightliner." Well, Freightliner what? Well, I don't know. I, just want yeah. a, I want a Freightliner, and I'm like, "Well, okay, you know, let's let's so, talk." And we're, you know, so I, the underpreparedness of some people. And the volatility of the fleets, I think those are probably the two things that really just blow my mind. You know, our deal's mm -hmm. done. Uh, no, I don't want the trucks anymore. But yeah. wait, all we need is insurance and we're getting paid. Nope, I don't want them. <laughs> Interesting. Why do you think that is? I, and, and again, this is mid-sized fleets. And who knows? Hey, maybe there was a contract on the table that got pulled. Maybe a driver quit. Um, you know. The, the, maybe they got a better deal somewhere else. <laughs> hey, very possible, you know. You're not going to get a more quality truck, but hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, true. But, um, you know, just a pure, I think, um, knowing because what I'm trying to get to is like, how are we ever going to be able to get to customers coming to you through your door buying trucks that know their, um, their operation and, and i don't want to uh, be that horse but it's literally it's all about just getting uh, pre like prep go talk to people if you don't know mm -hmm. like if you're starting from zero just like go find people that actually will help you yeah uh you know ask the right questions what am i doing with it what i'm like what operation uh where i'm running it and yeah and well it it's easy now. It's easier now than ever. I mean, you have this great podcast called Truck You. Yeah, I don't know if you ever I heard know. of it. No, it's yeah. They have a lot of very informative stuff on there. But no, I you know, just Google searches. Go, you know, you're you've been driving for a company for a little bit. You know, even if it's a company driver, go talk to the old dude that's been there for 25 years. That's been in every truck, and they give him the new truck as he's the man. And you know, pick his brain and, and Google search some stuff, and you know, hop on YouTube and. Yeah, you know the, the information's there for you. But Facebook uh, groups, I would say that's yeah. a, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. um, just just ask questions. Don't be don't be afraid to ask questions for yeah. sure. No, and yeah, there's yeah. When you're going into what's going to make you money and feed your family, there's not a stupid question. Yeah, yeah. to anybody, yeah. to us, to whoever you ask it to, and if someone blows you off, then you don't need to talk to them anymore. Yeah, but you know how many guys I have um, saying, oh, I mean, I've been in the industry for thirty years, and then we talk trucks, and then. They, they they don't know and they're they're embarrassed to admit i'm like that's fine that's totally fine like yeah, I'm not, everybody know. starts somewhere it don't matter how long you've yeah. been doing it i mean yeah. well, you know especially if you're a company especially guy emissions. i mean they're putting you in a truck and hey you know shift this gear take it from here to here and i yeah. mean your concern really isn't fuel mileage your concern isn't repair costs and tire exactly. costs and insurance because it's you're not paying for yeah. it so understandable how somebody on that end of the business could not really have the answers for those things or know the answers to the questions for those things so i mean yeah. it's really feasible to see how that could happen yeah and that's why i say hey learn on your company's dime yeah, drive right. that truck right, right and learn as much as you can about the truck it's not your truck treat it as if it if it was your truck and right because bad habits die hard yeah and if you're going to yeah. beat somebody else's truck you're going to yeah. end up 
you know, the first day you're polishing it, and by the end of it, there's you know chicken bones and sunflower yeah. seeds and yeah. pop and wrappers and you know your, your denter your bumpers all dented. I mean, yeah. so yeah, no, definitely, and that's probably the best advice to anybody out there looking to maybe get in their first truck. And we see that a lot too. Hey, how long have you had CDL? Six months. You want to be an owner operator already? Yeah, this yeah, isn't, yeah. you know, the, the grass isn't always greener. Yes, you're going to make more money as an owner operator, but you have to be prepared to do the things that are going to make you money. See, that's the that's the problem I uh, see is, you know, obviously the uh, owners want to make more money. They, they, they will make more money, but you can also as quickly go out of that business, right? Yeah. Because of the mistakes of buying a wrong truck, not understanding anything about the truck and then hopping in, you're going to enjoy it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you have issues that you don't know how to fix or address. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're enjoying also your home time, which, um, you know, we, all, we know it's like, well, after you, if you, when you're a driver, you shut the door, you go home. With being an owner, you got to actually take your time, post-trip it pre-trip right. and make sure everything is fine go to the shop talk to the shop that's additional time that you have to invest to make it work as an owner right <laughs> yeah guys? no and it's and you're right and it's i think unfortunately a lot of guys do that it's yeah turn it off in the parking lot all right see you monday or you know this and that and it's yeah. like hey man you and know monday morning hey can you i'm like why didn't you check it on, <laughs> on friday yeah, you right. know and <laughs> next what should i know about financing trucks what would you Financing. Financing is the great equalizer, I think, in the in the business of retail sales. Because if we were able to finance everybody that walked in the door, I mean, I could sell a thousand trucks a year probably. Mm -hmm. um, because it, it's what I always tell people is somewhere between buying a car and a home. It's nowhere near buying a car. It's nowhere near buying a home. But it's right in the middle. Yeah. Um, and you know, the recent events with the COVID and stuff, it's done nothing but make it harder to finance stuff. Um, banks, even, not, banks not loaning money. They're getting they're getting back into the business of loaning money, but I mean, honestly, for a little bit there, we had exceptional customers that direct banks passed on. Oh, they're not hauling essential freight. It really got kind of oh, aggravating. Yeah. yeah. And the guy was actually hauling essential freight anyhow. He's hauling uh, animal was fat that makes all I've kinds of food. That. Yeah. I've went through that. Right. Bully. It was. It's just an excuse. It is. Oh. It is. And they're 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 just. They're waiting to see what happened. And mm -hmm. that's understandable. Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, we're not lending money now. Don't turn down a guy with 850 credit and 30 yeah, trucks. Exactly. Um, but yeah. so, but, but really, you know, even four years ago, you know, I'm talking all post-COVID. And we're kind of getting back into the normal world, hopefully a little bit now. But, you know, four or five years ago, it used to be, all right, first-time buyer. Hey, you, you know, you have five-year CDL, but you've been a company driver. Hey, usually, you know, right around 10% down. If your credit's okay, you know, you're good to go. And, I mean, the first-time buyer has really become tough to get done I mean, your credit's got to be there they like you to be a homeowner they want the four or five years cdl experience but they still want 20 to 30 percent down in some cases mm -hmm. even with good credit 20 percent down um so it makes it tough to get out there and get going especially for what we sell a lot of our inventory is a little more expensive because the gliders are retailing yeah. higher yeah. um but you know since covid now even well qualified guys three months bank statements tax returns some other financial stuff to be able to get approvals where a lot of, you know, established fleet guys, it was, you know, app only. And Hey, here you go. Here's your terms yeah. zero down. Let's roll. So, uh, you know, I mean, we have Mary at the dealership who takes care of all that does a real good job with that. Yeah, she and, does. Um, you know, but it's, it's just, it's an uphill battle and, and she's, you know, almost daily. She's kind of telling me, well, now we need this. Now we need that. We don't need this anymore. These guys need that guys that, you know, used to be a slam dunk are now going to be a little bit more difficult to, to fund. And, so that's, like I said, that's the great equalizer. I mean, if it wasn't, you know, if, we, if funding was easier, 
you know, we'd sell a lot of trucks, but then you might end up in like a housing crisis of 07 or something, yeah, exactly. you know? So not everybody deserves to be in, um, but there's a whole lot of uh, people that deserve to be in that can't get in either, you know, for, for a plethora of reasons. Um, so it's tough. And then, you know, on the, on the other end of that is, you know, maybe somebody who went through some hard times that are trying to get back on their feet. Well, the credits hurt and, you know, stuff's yeah. not lining up for them, but you know, is the answer charging them 30% interest, which we really don't work with banks that do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, last case scenario, and we'll sometimes tell people, hey, you know, this truck's 50 grand, you're gonna pay 110 for it when you're done, don't do it. Yeah, it doesn't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. You're never gonna make the money back out of this thing, really. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, uh, so, and, and the same token that we try to help people along and show them, hey, this, this, and that, this is the kind of truck you need, this is the kind of truck you don't need. You know, we kind of do the same thing with the finance. Like I said, hey, don't put everything you have on this down payment. Or, hey, you know, work on your credit. Drive for this company for another year. You know, we'll get your taxes. Hey, you made some decent money for driving, you know, and you're not paying tires, taxes, you know, insurance, you know, 2290s, all that fun stuff. It's not on you. Repair your credit. Start paying your bills. Hire a firm to repair your credit. You know, go buy a car, get that thing paid for a year, and come back, and we'll get you into something nice for a, for a little bit better of a deal. So, you know, we all, we try to help people on that front too. But you know, we're nobody's daddies. Yeah. Of so course. you know, yeah, they, they got to do what they got to do. What they got to do. What know? is the credit score that I want to have to to come through the door? Eight hundred. You know, <laughs> I mean, obviously. No, I mean, so you know, what I've, what I've mid, been seeing mid, mid sixes. I mean, it is you know, we can do stuff lower than that, but your down payment substantial, and then your interest rate starts getting to the point of maybe not making sense um but you know in credit's not everything i mean uh your credit score and your credit history are important but you know score and history are about 50 50 but with uh semi-truck it's commercial credit so mm -hmm. you know on an equal plane to the credit score is your comparable history so that's why it's harder for a first-time buyer to get done so comparable history is obviously you bought a truck for seventy thousand, put 20 grand down you have fifty thousand dollars of comparable credit some banks like you to have 50 percent comparable credit some base want 100%. So you finance a truck for 30 grand, put 10 grand down, you'll have 20,000 comparable credit. You're trying to buy a $70,000 truck. The bank says you don't have the comparables to warrant mm -hmm. financing this truck. Um, so the down payment goes up, the banks have to look better, the tax returns have to look good, you know, mm -hmm. the credit history has to look good. So it's a dance and it's, we get so many calls of, hey, what do I need to buy a semi? And then I go on this three hour, you know, tangent of, well, you know, have you ever bought a truck? What's your credit? You this and that. And it's case by case. It's person by person. It's truck by truck. You know, manufacturer, make, engine, miles, transmission. I mean, they look at everything. They'll go in and do a report. All right, well, what's the fuel tank size? Is it new virgin rubber? What horsepower is the motor? Um, so there's so many tangibles that go into what you're going to get approved for that it's not just like, well, hey, I'm John Smith. My credit's 750. Mm -hmm. You know, I got five trucks. It's not like, well, here's, you know, 200 grand, knock your socks off. It's like, all right, well, which truck do you want? We have to submit in your file with an application for the truck. So a mm -hmm. little bit different than getting pre-approved for a house or you, know, you walk into a car dealership, your credit's over 700. They're like, hey, here, you know, what do you want for dinner? Pick out anything you want. You know, you're good to go, sign and drive, no money down. It may be not that easy, but, you know, mm -hmm. it's definitely a, a different ballgame. And I think a lot yeah. of people come in and see that and go, whoa, wait a minute, what, what? My interest rate's 12%? That's a pretty good rate because it's commercial credit. It's not the same. There's no 0%, there's no 1.9. You know, our big fleet guys are, are getting right now, average of eight, maybe a little less, maybe a little higher, but 
ironically enough, as we have such a low Fed rate, the commercial rates have climbed. And so you try explaining that to somebody. We're yeah. almost at negative interest rates, but commercial rates are up. So, mm-hmm. you know, some some people understand it, some people don't at all. And a lot of first-time buyers go, "Why, well, you know, I bought a car at you know, one point yeah. nine. How come I'm at twelve or thirteen? It's like it's a totally different ballgame." Yeah, there's a lot of factors that come into yeah. that, right? Um, nice. Um, so I want to go into a little bit different um, area. Tell me about your intake process uh when you're when you guys how how does it work uh for a dealer when you go find a truck trucks uh deal what's that process for you uh before it hits the floor okay well i mean the initial process i think for us is a little bit different because i was a mechanic for so long i learned quickly don't buy anything you don't put your hands on because no matter how nice the pictures look and stuff like that. And now I'm saying that and I'm telling, hey, everybody buy pictures, you know, off the pictures of my website, you're good. But we put the work in. So, but you know, pictures can show different stuff. And I tell people that a lot. Well, man, it looks great in pictures. And I'm like, trust me, when you come in, it's gonna show better than it does in those pictures. Um, but I put my hands on everything. I run them, I look at brakes, U-joints. I put on a 3M suit, gloves, the, the goggles, got my flashlight. I'm looking at wheel seals, chest and U-joints, tie right ends, drag links running a little hot, looking at blow-by, checking the fan operation, AC, everything. I'm basically doing a DOT mm-hmm. with more, more mechanical yeah, stuff before I buy. Yeah. So that's how we buy. So once it gets in, um, everything will go into our shop. It gets all new oil. We use Valvoline oil, fleet guard filters, cab air filter, you know, uh, engine air filter, all new fuel and you know, oil filters, new oil. We run through to check the, you know, multi multi point inspection you know wipers ac you know kind of stuff i check when i buy but then it goes through so it gets pm gets a dot we have a detailer that uh works out of our facility as well so it'll go from the shop right to our detailer wax it uh clean the frame if the frame needs it we'll paint the frame polish the aluminum uh we don't go too crazy we really don't do too much with the engine kind of wash the dust off the engine we don't paint engines and stuff like that unless you know sometimes you get a, a northern gem yeah, needs yeah, a little yeah. needs a little sanding and some paint even though i mean it would take like 300 years to rust through a, an engine block yeah, but, yeah so you know yeah we bring them in pm and dotm recondition them uh most of my trucks almost every one of my trucks has brand new virgin tires um i i'm not a, f- a big believer in recaps no, um i know there's either. some decent ones out there but i mean it's why just, you yeah. can get good virgins right so um, uh, you know all our stuff's got you know virgin tires on it um and then you know kind of hits into the marketing and truck paper and commercial truck trader and facebook and twitter and you know all that good yeah. stuff that we do so how many trucks do you sell per week per month you what know that, that <laughs> that that's kind of a uh, a month by month uh, kind of a, a scenario i mean the the we're like i said we're a smaller dealership we're a family-owned dealership there's only three of us that operate the entire dealership mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I do the buying, set this pricing, do the advertising, you know, responsible for shipping the trucks in, things like that, staging the lot, uh, deciding what uh, repairs we do and things like that in the shop. And then we have Mary, our finance manager. And then uh, we have your Uncle Pete. Yes. He's my salesman. Um, so it's just the three of us. So it's, it's a small place. So, you know, on, on a busy month, we'll sell 10 to possibly sometimes 14, 15 trucks between consignments and trucks we own um i think around 120 125 is the most we've sold in a year um, but when when you when you go down to three people doing that and really two people selling it you know it, it's a lot you know mm-hmm. these other dealers that sell retail wise 
you know, 300 trucks, 400 trucks, they have 20 salesmen, three finance people, two managers, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's a big thing, but you know, we're, we're more like, we're like a boutique. We're going to take care of you. You are a boutique truck yeah. sales. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's, I mean, you having the shop helps tremendously because you guys do go through your uh, units quite, quite a lot and thoroughly. And, and since I've bought quite a few of them from you, I think, um, you know, there's nothing that was undercommunicated. Right? I know what to expect. We had a couple of trucks that were like, hey, this is what we probably should look at. So mm-hmm. one of them had the one of the gliders had some issues with the engine that we fixed, which was it's when you when I look at like when I deal with other um, truck sales places, it, uh, sometimes oftentimes they don't have the expertise in the truck maintenance that you guys have, which right. is the number one thing that I like about you is um, you do have that expertise and then now I you know plus the relationship with us we've had for for, yeah, for a, a while time. but now I've been uh, you know buying the D13s which you know uh, and it's like mm, well we we have a shop we work with this is what's happening but the, the, the guys don't really know what they're selling yeah right? well and and um, I was gonna kind of make that point too it's not a, like we don't have a shop for our retail trucks our you know the shop's been you know 20 yeah, 20 years business. before the sales came in so these guys are union mechanics ASE guys um, we have every OEM software uh, we're, the, the shops actually a Cummins certified uh, service center yeah. you know auto truck garbage truck service center so we have good technicians and they're not you know it's just not a guy that's gonna change oil and make the truck look pretty and put it on the lot I mean we get trucks in sometimes you know I'll go out and hey it didn't really have too much of heavy you know blow by when I saw it but you know by the time it drives in from Texas or wherever mm-hmm. it's like holy cow man this thing you know drank four gallons of oil yeah. let's pull the head all right let's overhaul it so very rarely does something get out uh, without us catching it first but it does we're human we're not perfect they're of machines course. and sometimes things break and they break like this and you, and you can't foresee when they're gonna break but we try to do the best we can to get it out and uh, you know same ownership of the shop and the truck sales so it's like hey these guys know you know you mess up one of you know you're messing up the owner's trucks you know not just some shop or some uh, truck dealership so yeah definitely i can i can tell you um that's that's something i've been seeing now having a shop and and with the um, mechanics looking at units i had to like bring it up but like guys, you're now fixing your trucks. This is not a customer truck that right. you're fixing. Yeah, you said something last week that was I, you know, kind of stuck with me too. Hey, you're, you know, this is your team member's truck. You know, yeah. we're all era, yeah. and you know, you're screwing you're your driver. coworker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's not just some intentionally you know, or not intentionally. Right, you know, exactly. But if you not think about this as a you're part of a bigger picture, where you're like, okay, I got to do my best to make sure yeah. I'm covering everything I can. A lot. A lot of my experience, and um, I don't know if you can share that with me, is, you know, just the mechanics come in, they work, uh, they're fixing what they're supposed to be fixing. I'm like, let's try to find things, right? Whether the customer right. fixes or not, that's a, that's a different question. But let's let's at least give them heads up, hey, this is what needs to be done. You have to do that, Sebastian, because, you know, someone comes in and, you know, next week this breaks. Well, my truck was just in there. Why yeah. didn't you see it? You know, well, the, now you can say, hey, we asked you, hey, we can do it. It's going to cost you X. It's, you know, parts X, Y, and Z. And. You know, you should do it. It's, you know, right now it's not at the critical level, but no, yeah, you should, you should always do that because A, it's, you know, it's going to ge- generate revenue for the shop and you're not, you're doing your customer service by telling yeah. them, Hey, we, we saw this while we were here. You should maybe take care of that yeah. for sure. Yeah, true. What's, uh, 
the 2020 been so far for you? We're at a halfway, halfway I mean, how, point. How much more time we got? Uh, I don't know. I mean, mm. you know, it's January into, into February. It kind of seemed like, okay, we're going to have an okay year. We're going to have a good year. We're going to have an above average year. And we, you know, we had good January numbers and we were rolling. And then, I mean, the virus, it hit us hard. I mean, it didn't hit our shop as hard. Um, you know, freight was still moving. The supply chain, as you know, I mean, it came yeah. pretty much to a halt. So, I mean, we had a very rough March, April, May. Uh, June, it started to turn around, but we still, you know, July has been good. Uh, looks like August is going to start out good as well. And it's just how we basically probably look at the same indicators that you do. You know, we look at what the shippers are doing. Mm-hmm. We're looking at, uh, you know, supply chain, to, you know, supply and demand of what's coming in. So we're, we're almost, we predicate what we buy almost like a trucking fleet would, because mm-hmm. we have to look at the same indicators mm-hmm. to know, all right, should we beef up inventory or should we kind of, hey, Let's keep 20, 25 trucks, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. on the lot right now instead of 40 or 35, um, which, you know, 35 for us is like we're to the gills. That's about as 35. I think one time maybe we had 40, mm-hmm. um, but that's about as big as we get. And right now we're holding, we're low because it's been busy mm-hmm. and we're trying to stick with the gliders. They're really not as many yeah. out there. So we're down to maybe 16, 17 trucks, maybe less than that in inventory right now. And I think we have five or six or seven, uh, you know, under contract or applied for finance so are you finding inventory though is it it, what are you what are you you seeing there's a lot of talk about companies going out uh slimming down through what happened over 2019 or even going out of business i mean a lot of companies went out of business 2019 but what are you seeing is is it is it that happened i feel like that you know i know it's still happening but i feel like it heavily it happened more heavily in in 19 and there was just a massive flood of used trucks Mm -hmm. last year massive it didn't affect us as much because we are really i mean maybe we sold four non-glider trucks in 2019 total yeah um so it's still kind of on that page with us but right now there are not a lot of used trucks on the market there really isn't i mean i usually get i mean i still get you know 50 emails a day um but i you know i used to get 100 and you know the other 50 Mm. were hey 2015 cascadia 2017 cascadia 2018 cascadia volvo this Mm -hmm. that i mean just used trucks used trucks big groups i'm fine now i'm I'm getting really not much you know a lot of pre-auction stuff old inventory or real high mile 13s and 14s not real desirable stuff um so the price of used trucks is going to start climbing because the supply and demand so there's not a lot of supply talk to you about next is uh, you know one um, it's because not only we haven't produced new trucks for uh, quite a bit, yeah. it's still uh, a lot slower than it should. Now the demand for moving freight is going up and all of a sudden you can't buy anything that uh, new, right? right? So for big fleets, they're just going to hold on to their trucks, which is going to undersupply the used truck market. Right? I think, the, and, and, and that's been a trend for a little bit. Um, these bigger fleets are, they, you know, they used to turn stuff in at 350 yeah. right out of factory warranty. I mean, you're seeing stuff coming out of Swift and night and some of these bigger Seven, companies 50. yeah big yeah. miles and yeah. it's wow you guys are really they're holding on significantly longer than the warranty so yeah. um it's it's very tricky it's a very mm-hmm. tricky thing to navigate and you see you're seeing the retail prices that have obviously creeped crept way lower because it took so long for these other dealers to sell this aged inventory that you're just losing money on yeah. you know um to restock into the readjusted wholesale market that it's it's been a real tough seat to navigate you know it's 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 very up and down and like i said i mean the same way you're gonna say oh maybe i should add 10 trucks on and go hire some drivers looking at like i said some of that same stuff and 
it's the kind of the same way we look at it. So you, and you really, you really don't know because I, I do feel like a lot of the stuff is just predicated on maybes and fear and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not actual tangible facts and hard numbers, you know? So yeah. it, it's, it's tough to say. Uh, you said the truck prices are going to go up. When do you think they're going to start climbing more rapidly? Um, the it, used it, truck it, prices. It's, it's begun for sure. Because again, there's yeah. just not supply. Like, uh, I think in part one, wait, last year we did the part one of yeah, this. Yeah, last year. So, um, you know, I was mentioning like the, the Cascadia with the DD15 and the DT12. New body style Cascadia, you know, Evo, full fairings, you know, the whole ball of wax. They have some beautiful interiors yeah. now. And uh, they're just not around. I mean, you, you're hard pressed to find one with under 250,000 miles in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So think about that between all the Freightliner dealers around here and all yeah. the used truck dealerships around here. Uh, FedEx guy that I'm sure you know real well. He's bought uh, a couple gliders from us. He bought a couple Volvos with Cummins's uh, non-gliders from us. And you know him and his son wanted to add a truck on the FedEx, but FedEx is you know now they have the uh, you need the, the F cam and you need the auto braking yeah. and lane departure and all that stuff is going to be Same mandatory thing. in like two years. So, which is pretty common stock now on this new later model stuff. But he's like, hey, I want this. I said, well, how much? You know, all right, give me couple weeks i'll i'll hunt one down you know yeah i couldn't get them on you know um they had to go way out of state to Mm -hmm. go find that that truck which eight months ago nine months ago was like you want one yeah okay what color you know how many miles you know so yeah yeah, i I agree i think we're we've put ourselves in the very uh interesting spot when we're going to look back in a couple of years and be like wow this is this was such an undersupply of what actually is happening and why how it's going to change how fleets are thinking about uh, what's happening because i think a lesson learned from what happened you know uh, through covid in the six months of you know what we've been dealing with but it changed a lot of thinking uh, around fleets especially for me um and it's just like all right maybe we should invest a little bit more and keep uh, in maintenance and keep the trucks longer yeah. and um ride it out and then now what are you going to buy if there's nothing coming out at the at the speed that it used to come out at right right yeah that's, that's a different thing like you, you're going to now reopen a factory and you're going to assemble them but they're going to come at half the speed that they did before right with well, half of course, the people yeah. working yeah, until yeah. everything's 100 percent back to normal yeah you're not going to spin them out as fast for sure because i'm sure there's going to be distancing measures and different shift factors and yeah you're you're totally spot on so the used truck market's going to stay strong mm-hmm. um you know from everything i've heard and like we're members of the used truck association they have a big uh conference and obviously that was pre-covid yeah but uh you know just kind of talking about the, the the new truck uh production and how you know all 80 percent of new trucks now are automatic so you know premium pricing is going to come in on uh manual trucks and stuff like that and so that's all playing in the, in the in the terms now so a 13 speed truck now is actually bringing a little bit of a premium because there's so many automatics out there so it's just it's a real there's really no way to put your finger yeah. on anything because there's just so many factors right now and it's kind of you know it's uncharted territory really Yes, I totally agree. One last question. If you were going to buy a truck for yourself, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, like to haul freight with or to just like Doesn't roll matter. around You with? just want to have 150K laying around. You're just going to buy a truck. Hmm. Just whatever the fun thing that you want to do with it. <laughs> right. Is, ah. 
yeah, I would just go get one of those awesome, like, 379 Peterbilt, like, uh, cabin sleepers with the bathroom and the wood floor in there. Satellite TV. I'm good to go. Let's move in. Good. Glider or uh, emission engine? Oh, yeah. Glider all the way. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> all right. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was fun. I think we covered a lot. Um, hope maybe hopefully see you again soon maybe we yeah. can talk about some used trucks and make it a little bit more regular yeah, yeah sounds good i'm in anytime man it's been a good time thank you